Good morning, Trinity Lutheran Church. So nice to see you. Thank you, Sheila. A little Bach to start the morning. My heart ever faithful. So some uh, readings this morning about uh, blind man. And so sort of an encouragement for us to open our eyes. Uh, we're glad you're here this morning. I'm going to start with uh, uh, another song called Open My Eyes. Um, by Jassy Manabusen. So we're glad you're here. Sing along this morning. Have a wonderful day. I'm glad to see you all. Open my eyes. Open my eyes, Lord, help me to see your face. Open my eyes, Lord, help me to see. Open my ears, Lord, help me to hear your voice. Open my ears, Lord. Help me to hear, open my heart, Lord, help me to love like you, open my heart, Lord, help me to love, and the first shall be last, and our eyes are opened, and we'll hear like never before. And we'll speak in new ways, and we'll see God's face in places we've never known. I live within you, deep in your heart, oh love, I live within you, rest now in me. And the first shall be last, and our eyes are opened. We'll hear like never before. And we'll speak in new ways, and we'll see God's face in places we've never known. I live within you, deep in your heart, oh love, I live within you. Rest now in me.
Am I on now? Now you can hear me? Yeah, you have to turn the thing on. That's uh, the way it works. Thank you. Thank you for the uh, prayer call to worship. Thank you for being here. There's room in this sanctuary. So invite your friends. Tell them we're having a party at 8 o'clock every Sunday morning. Come out and join us. It's good to be together. Uh, it's the fourth Sunday in Lent as we're journeying towards Jerusalem. This ancient pilgrimage that we make as God's people towards uh, Jerusalem, towards Holy Week, uh, towards Easter. And so thank you for coming along. Thank you to all those online joining us as well. We welcome you and are happy you're here. You see the table is set. The altar guild has been here. Set the table for us uh, for the celebration of Holy Communion. And the bell choir is here and they're going to be playing for us as well. So uh, the order of service is printed before you, and in there you see the Gospel of John, a text from the Gospel of John, the ninth chapter, and I want to encourage you now to go home sometime today before you go to bed tonight to read through that ninth chapter of John, reflect upon it after this morning together. Can you do that? Amen? Mm -hmm. All right. If it's comfortable, I would invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gathering hymn, Come All You People, Come and Praise the Most High. And we start U, with the challenge. continue with the Lenten litany that we've been sharing, a litany of confession and forgiveness. We have come from our homes. We gather with our sisters and brothers. Everyone welcome, everyone equal. To the God of healing. You know our hearts. You know our regrets we have against you, we have against those we love most, our with shattered dreams and broken hearts, with bitterness and despair. We pray for you have promised us forgiveness, we pray that we may forgive others. We continue with our hymn of praise. Let us put on the clothes of Christ. We all sing that refrain together, and just like the litany, your parts are the white parts during the verses. Put on the clothes. 
be set free with the garments of justice Discrimination will cease to be in that sweet and delightful dawn. To the poor we will bring good news, oh let us unite in love. Our faith will travel beyond the pews as we be with you. Let us pray. Be with us, Lord Jesus. Open our hearts and our minds to your truth. May our worship be pleasing to you, and may we depart from this place refreshed and ready to live our lives in response to the amazing grace that you have showered upon us. We pray in the strong but gentle name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. The first lesson is from the fifth chapter of Ephesians. For once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Rather expose them for it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The word of the Lord.
Do you recognize me? I don't recognize you. But I have an excuse. Until a few hours ago, I could only recognize people by the sound of their voices or the smell of their bodies. You recognize me? Of course you don't. It seems that no one recognizes me, even those with 20-20 vision. Well, maybe you'll recognize my story. It's been quite a day in my life. It started out the usual day, a day like any other, meaning it was dark. Dark, you see, was all that I had ever known. When the sun would rise, announcing a new day, I could feel the warmth of the sunshine as it beat on my flesh. But visually, it was dark, always dark. And I didn't know any different. There had never been a day in my life when I had seen the trees or the clouds as they passed by or the loving faces of my parents. You see, I was, I was born blind. No one knew why. But surely there was a lot of speculation as to the reason for my affliction, speculation that caused me and my parents a great deal of pain. Anyway, it was a day like any other day. People were hurrying about. Some were off to the temple to pray. It was the Sabbath day. Kids were playing. Carts rumbled by on the streets. There was nowhere really for me to hurry off to, though. As always, my dear parents had walked me to my, well, to my begging post. Each morning, they positioned me there along the Herodium Way with two pieces of bread, some fruit, and a wineskin full of water. There were no real jobs for me. Let's just say that the opportunities were limited for the blind in Jerusalem. I could not work, but I could beg, and that was good. The little that was given to me helped my family, and it gave me some place to be during the day, a reason to get up in the morning, a place of interesting smells and ever-changing sounds. It was my life. It was my position. Oh, it was dark always and lonely sometimes, but it was my life. Now, people told me, people told me that God must have wanted me to be a blind beggar. After all, I was born blind, but I never really could understand that. I mean, why would God, why would my God well, I suppose there are things that we're never going to understand. Anyway, back to my story. I was sitting there begging, and I heard some chatter, and then I heard some footsteps, and many footsteps. It was clear that a crowd of some kind was coming near me. So I held out my cup, hoping to hear the sound of a shekel or two bouncing against the clay. And then all of a sudden, the footsteps stopped. It was all quiet now. And they were looking at me. I could feel it. I could sense it. And then one of them said, Teacher, tell us why this man was born blind. Was it because of his own sin, or was it the sin of his parents? I did not want to hear the answer. Why? Because I knew the answer. My parents were good and faithful people, God-fearing people. No one could possibly speak ill of them. So clearly it was my sin that caused my blindness. But I could not bear to hear one more religious person condemn me. I knew it was my fault. So as the teacher caught his breath to answer the question, I braced myself. Oh yes, things like this had happened before. As soon as I was exposed as a wretched sinner, they would strike me with their hand and spit on me, and then they would go to the temple to thank God that they were not like me. But this teacher did not condemn me. The teacher said, no, it wasn't my fault, and it wasn't my parents' fault. So I guess I would kind of like to know whose fault it was, but that he did not say. But he did say that a miracle was about to happen. He said that he was the light of the world. I have no idea what he was talking about. I was not really familiar with miracles, and this concept of light was foreign to me. 
I was blind, remember. Darkness was my companion, not light. And then something very strange happened. I had expected these people to spit on me, but instead, this rabbi, this uh, Jesus fellow, he spit on the ground, he mixed up some mud, he drew close to me, he put the mud on my eyes, and as he was doing so, he said to me, do not be afraid. The mud felt cold and damp. His hands were strong, but, but still very soothing to the touch. Jesus then told me to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Two of his followers grabbed me by the arms and walked me down the Herodian way towards a pool. What are we doing, I asked. They said, you must go and wash the mud out of your eyes so that you can see. But I knew the mud had nothing to do with my blindness. I was not blind because of the mud. I was blind because of my sin. When I got to the pool, I could hear splashing, running water, the laughter of women. I fell down to wash my face, and suddenly between my fingers, light began to appear. And I was afraid to open my eyes. I know this is going to sound crazy, but for just a moment, I wasn't sure that I wanted to see. After all, blindness was all that I had ever known. Then my eyes opened, and I saw the world for the first time. I jumped up and down. I looked at the sky and the clouds, the blue water, and a strange-looking animal that sounded like a, like a donkey. I screamed for joy and ran to share my good fortune with others, with the people on the streets. They were just like you. They didn't recognize me. They didn't believe that it was me. All of these years, I have been right there, and yet they did not even know what I looked like. Can you imagine walking past beggars and not looking them in the eye and not recognizing them as human beings? You see, I had not been defined by my face or my voice. I had only been defined by my disability. I was the blind beggar, and now that I could see, they could not see me. They could not recognize me. It was like I had lost my identity. I said, wait, it's me. Look at me. I am the blind man, but I'm no longer blind. They said, tell us how you can see them. I had no answer for them. I did not know what had happened. I had nothing to do with it. I said, let me tell you what I know. Someone named Jesus made some mud, smeared it on my eyes, told me to wash it off, and when I did, I could see. It was a miracle. Miracles like this are, are good, right? Shouldn't they have been happy for me? We should have had a party, should we not? But, but no, just, just the opposite was true. The miracle made the people angry. They grabbed me by the arm. They took me to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the religious ones. They were the ones who had always told me that I was a sinner. And now they suspected that Jesus was a sinner as well. They asked me what happened, and I told them. They asked me to explain it. I couldn't explain it. They were mad because Jesus had, had mixed up this mud on the Sabbath day. Never mind the miracle. Never mind my sight. Never mind my life. And then they started a debate. They debated whether this miracle worker, Jesus, had been sent by God or by the devil. They interrogated me. What do you say about this one who healed your eyes? How was I to know? I said, well, I guess he is a prophet. But they would not believe me. And now they accuse me of being part of, uh, part of, I don't know, a conspiracy of some kind. They said, wait a minute. You're not really the blind man, are you? Quick, someone, go get the blind man's parents, the real blind man. Get those parents and bring them here. My poor parents, they were now dragged before the Pharisees. Is this your son? The son that you said was born blind? And if it is, explain to us how he can now see. My parents were confused. They were afraid. You see, the Pharisees had real power. They could have made my parents' life miserable. My parents trembled as they answered. 
They said, this is our son. That much we know for sure. But we do not know how he got his sight back. We do not know who performed this miracle. You ask him, he's old enough to speak for himself. The leaders then turned their gaze back to me. Swear by God to tell the truth, for we know that Jesus is a sinner. Truth. The truth did not seem to matter to them. It was clear that they had already made up their minds. What could I say? I did not even know Jesus. I did not know why I was blind to begin with, and I did not know why I could see now. I did not know if this Jesus was a sinner, so I just told them what I knew. I used to be blind, but now I can see. Well, that answer wasn't good enough for the Pharisees. They kept pressing me and pressing me until I was tired of the Inquisition. And finally I said, enough. Why do you want to know so much about Jesus? Are you considering becoming his disciples? Yeah, it was not a very smart thing to say. You could have hit a pin drop. I had their attention. They insulted me now. They spoke about the law, about Moses, and about Jesus. Somehow in their blindness they saw Jesus as a threat. Now, I'm not very well educated, not at all, actually. I'm not a theologian. I don't know much about the law of Moses or about God. But I told them that the way I saw it, Jesus had to be a man of God. After all, I was blind from the day I was born, and now this teacher had given me my sight. Certainly this man is not a sinner, but a man who loves and obeys God. Imagine this now. Imagine me teaching the Pharisees. In the morning, I was begging on the streets, and now I'm trying to teach the Pharisees about God. (laughs) It was outrageous. And they, they thought it was outrageous, too, I might add. Who do you think you are, they said. Who do you think you are lecturing us? You have been a sinner from the day that you were born. And with that, they chased me out of the assembly, and they told me never to come back again. Like, that was a big deal. You see, it's not like I'd ever been welcomed before. No, when I was blind, they called me a sinner, and they cited my blindness as proof of that. And now that I was able to see, they claimed that proved that I was a sinner. Yeah, I left all right. But as soon as I got outside, I was approached by a man. He looked at me. I'd never seen him before. I had no idea who he was. But when he touched me, I knew. It was the same touch that healed me. There was no mistaking the feeling of his hands. His voice was calm and gentle. The voice, it was the very same voice that had told me earlier not to be afraid. And he asked me then if I had faith in the Son of Man. I looked around the Pharisees. They were standing nearby, and so were my parents. I had to be cautious. I had to be very careful. I looked at Jesus and I said, tell me, Rabbi, who is the Son of Man? And Jesus said, you have already seen him, and right now he is talking to you. I looked at him, and in his eyes I saw for the first time the light of the world. This was the Son of Man, the one who had given me sight, had now given me so much more, and I was overcome with emotion. I fell at his feet and I cried. Jesus got down in the dust. He lifted me up. He put his arm around me and he said, I have come to give sight to the blind. And then he glanced at the Pharisees and said, and to make blind everyone who sees. The Pharisees were seething. Are you saying that we are blind? Jesus answered calmly. Perhaps he did not realize the power that the Pharisees had. He said, you think that you see, but you don't. If you were truly blind, you would not be guilty. But now you claim to see, and you are guilty. I'm sure this was the first time anyone had ever spoken to them like this before. They walked away from Jesus without a response. But as they left, I heard them mumbling, saying, Jesus will get his. And they plotted to kill him, saying that his behavior would not be tolerated. His behavior. 
his behavior. He had walked into my life and given me my sight. He had loved me and touched me. He recognized me when no one else did. He did not condemn me as the religious community always had. He had compassion for my blindness. He met me in the darkness of my day-to-day existence, and he lifted me up to new life. And this miracle proved that God loved me and God cared about my blindness and my heartache. This miracle proved that God did not desire for me to be a blind beggar. Yes, I believe that it's better to be blind and to know Jesus than to have 20-20 vision and be blinded to his love. That's my story. What's yours? Are you hurting? Are there areas of your life that seem hopelessly broken? What's your story? Have you somehow thought that your pain was God's will? That your suffering was a part of God's plan? Or worse yet, that you deserved your pain as a punishment for your sin? What's your story? I'm here to tell you that there is hope. I'm here to tell you that the same Jesus who found me is looking for you, and he's not going to tire until he has both of us. This same Jesus loves you and wants a better life for you. What's your story? We all have one. Your story could not have been more desperate than mine, and yet I'm here and you're here. God has put us together for a reason, so hold on. Life's hard sometimes, and random suffering is not God's will for you. What's your story? I once was lost, now I'm found. I was blind once, and now I see. And this morning, I'm here to bear witness to the power of God's grace for you, for me. Okay? I'll see you around. You know, I always wanted to say that. I'll see you around. I suggest may I suggest to you <clears throat> may I suggest this is the best part of your life may I suggest this time is blessed for you this time is blessed and shining almost blinding bright just turn your head you'll begin to see the thousand reasons that would just be on your sight the reasons why why I suggest to you why I suggest this is the best part of your life that's been addressed to you addressed to you intended only for your eyes a secret world like a treasure chest to you of private scenes and brilliant dreams that mesmerize a tender lover's smile a tiny baby's hand the million stars that fill the turning sky at night and I suggest yes I suggest to you oh I suggest this is the best part of your life 
There is a hope that's been expressed in you, the hope of seven generations, maybe more. And this is the faith that they invest in you, that you'll do one better than was done before. Inside you know, inside you understand, Inside you know what's yours to finally set right And I suggest And I suggest to you And I suggest this is the best part of your life This is a song comes from the west to you, comes from the west, comes from the slowly setting sun. This is a song with a request of you to see how very short the endless days will run. And when they're gone, and when the dark descends, oh, we'd give anything for one more hour of light. And I suggest this is the best part of your may remain seated for the prayers. Uh, Sandy's going to lead us in the prayers, and we have a, a response that will be rejected for you. Let us pray. Standing in your light, O oh God, we lift our prayers to you. As we are aware of increasing daylight in our hemisphere, let us recognize the light that is in you and that is you. May we be bearers of your light and joy in many troubled places in our church, community, and world, so that those who do not see may see and be bearers of hope. Open our eyes to your light, O oh God. Hear us. For ways we can be bringers of peace between nations and peoples and aid for the recovery from natural disasters and weather events, open our eyes to your light, O oh God. Hear us. We know there is hatred, bigotry, racism, and intolerance all around us. May our blindness be healed as we clean the mud from our eyes and find the courage to shine a light of inclusion and grace in difficult situations, wherever we find them. Open our eyes to your light, O oh God. We give thanks for the journeys and witness of so many servants in this world whose eyes have been opened to ways of service and sacrifice on behalf of others. Your light has infused their presence and their actions, large and small. May we as well be open to your leading Open our eyes to your light, O oh God. For all those who grieve, or who are suffering, or who have died, be lifted into light, light of healing, light of hope, and light of joy. No one is lost or blind forever. With your light, we'll just keep walking each other home. Open our eyes to your light, O oh God. Through your grace, we offer these prayers, and whatever else we may need in Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Please share a sign of peace and greeting with one another.
Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing in that greeting of the peace. I think we all have that great desire after the pandemic to reconnect. So keep connecting, reconnecting. Come in the coffee hour, lots of good food and coffee and uh, tea in there. Uh, come in and, and take part and get to know each other better as you uh, fellowship together there. Lenten potlucks continue to be a great success. Lots of fun, lots of good food come out Thursday night. <clears throat> this week in the gym, you don't have to sign up. Uh, just show up. We eat what you bring, so bring something. But uh, 6 o'clock, we all gather with our food. 6 o'clock, we eat. 7 o'clock, hold an evening prayer in here. goes from uh, 7 to about 7.35. We're looking at the marks of love in the Bible. So um, we'd encourage you to come out for that uh, as well. There's a sign-up on the table out underneath the new art display out there for the Seder meal. That's the last Thursday night as we move towards... Uh, in Holy, it's in Holy Week, but it's the last Thursday night in kind of this series. Uh, the Seder meal is different. It's a served meal. You sign up to bring olives or grapes or uh, cashews or whatever, and then our team puts it all together, and we have a served meal that night in the gym, followed by a service at 7 o'clock here in the sanctuary. So if you're going to come to that, it's helpful for us to know. Uh, if you could sign up to bring something that week, uh, I think they want everything in by Wednesday. So they can put everything together on Thursday so that they're ready for you when you come. So I would encourage you on that too. Uh, here comes Deacon Amy. Good morning. Just a couple announcements today. After the second worship service, our middle school and high school kids will be going down to the tiny houses in Langley. We'll be helping out with some outside work on those projects. Thank you, Koila, for inviting us. Uh, and then our third Thursday family fun night will be on the fourth Wednesday this month. So <laughs> Thursdays are occupied. So we are getting together next or this Wednesday evening at six o'clock for a delicious dinner. And then this this month we're going to be assembling and painting birdhouses. So this is for um, families of all ages. Anybody is welcome this Wednesday evening at six. And then on Friday the 31st, our high school students will gather about 7 o'clock in the evening, and we're going to head up to Oak Harbor for some late-night roller skating and then back here for fun and games and movies. So if, if you're interested, you are welcome to join us for that as well. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Thank you, Deacon Amy. Hey, Carl, go ahead. That's just impressive. You could keep those days and dates straight, Amy. Well done. <laughs> um, jumping way past Easter, or a week and a half past Easter, on the 19th of April, David Roth is going to return to this sanctuary for a concert, so put that in your calendars, and we'll talk more later. Thank you. Um, Verna, Easter's coming. Thank you, Verna. Next, uh, next week, we need to make a note over there in the booth to have a picture of that Easter garden. You've seen the Easter garden up here? Have you all seen that? Incredible. And uh, we go from nothing in here on Saturday morning to this incredible Easter garden. And Verna, uh, you have more than one left in you. Um, <laughs> a word now about uh, Holy Communion. Um, and the most important word is all are welcome. It's not a Lutheran table. It's the Lord's table. There's only one host. It's not me. It is Jesus. Jesus who met the blind man. Jesus who invites us to come. So by the invitation of Jesus, you're welcome. doesn't matter where your life has been, taken you in the past or if you've never worshipped with the Lutherans before, you're welcome this day. You'll come down the center aisle, hold out your hand to receive the host. you receive the body of Christ, hold on to it momentarily, and then you'll dip it or intinct it into the chalice of your choice. The first chalice of wine, the second chalice of grape juice. We also have gluten-free if that would be uh, your preference. Now we'll transition to the table. I would invite you to stand. Gathered now at a table that welcomed our parents and grandparents, a table that will welcome Christians of a variety of colors and denominations across the globe this day. As we do so, we find our unity in the Feast of Victory of our God and remember a Thursday night, a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was Holy Week. 
It was the night in which he was betrayed. And on this night, our Lord Jesus took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and he gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray. Our Father, gifts of God, for the people of God, all are welcome. Please come. You may be seated.
Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. It doesn't end here, it begins here. The challenge is to go out those doors and make a difference in the world this week where you find yourself. And as you go, no, you don't go alone. We go together, and this blessing comes to you. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending hymn could have been the words of the blind man, I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. Hallelujah.